Today on the Matt Wall Show, the left and the media, but I repeat myself, have embarrassed themselves yet again with this Jussie Smollett hate crime hoax story. Uh, but will they learn anything from this? Will there be any self-assessment on their part? No, of course not, but we'll talk about that. Also, I want to discuss uh, why victimhood has become such a desirable status in modern America, so desirable that people will make up hate crimes just so they can be a victim. And finally, speaking of fake victimhood, we'll talk about Colin Kaepernick's multi-million dollar payout from the NFL. All of that today on The Matt Wall Show. Welcome to The Matt Wall Show, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. And remember to subscribe on iTunes to get the entire show. You only get 15 minutes if you're watching on Facebook. So you can subscribe on iTunes or become a premium member of The Daily Wire. Um, all right, Smollett, 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 Smollett. Still haven't figured out how to pronounce the guy's last name. I guess I should have checked by now. Poor old Jussie Smollett might be in a bit of trouble. Um, uh, let me get you caught up on the latest first in case you weren't paying attention over the weekend. And, and you know, frankly, I hope that you were not paying attention over the weekend. I hope that you that you have a life and you do other things um, on the weekend besides check the news online. So um, the Empire actor, well, you're aware of this part. He claimed he was assaulted in, in a hate crime committed by two white Trump supporters at 2 a.m. Chicago uh, in negative 10 degree temperatures while he was walking back from Subway with a tuna sandwich. And uh, he says he was beaten, put a, a noose was put around his neck, bleach was poured on him. Uh, they shouted, this is MAGA country in Chicago, um, called him racial and homophobic slurs and so on. So you know that part of the story. Um you also know, especially if you've been listening to this show, that the story is, of course, absurd and obviously a hoax. And you didn't even you didn't really need any other information. You, you didn't need to know about the fact that, for instance, he's on camera for all but 60 seconds of the um, of his walk back from Subway. And um, there's no assault recorded uh, in that in that chunk of time. Um, but you didn't need to know that to know that this is a fable. But now the picture is becoming more clear um, for anyone who didn't already see it clearly. Late last week, two men who appeared in the security camera footage walking near, because nobody else appears in the, in the footage except for Smollett and then these two guys who are seen walking near the site of the alleged attack. Well, these guys were apprehended, and then it turns out that they're Nigerians, um, also friends of Smollett's. One of them is uh, Smollett's physical trainer or workout partner or whoever. They know each other. Um, one or both of them has appeared on the, on the show empire before, and they were questioned, were very briefly described as suspects, but then they were released unceremoniously and rather quickly. And law enforcement sources told the media that, um, they, the brothers confessed that the whole attack was, uh, was staged. Um, Smollett, according to these sources paid these guys to attack him. It was all a setup. They paid the, the sources say it was thirty five hundred bucks that they were paid, uh, which uh, you know seems a little on the cheap side. If someone's going to pay you to attack them, I think I, I mean shouldn't that run at least ten thousand? I would think. So it was all a setup, um, and now police want to interview Smollett again as the in investigation has shifted. They say, and it seems has shifted in the direction of Smollett himself, but he has um, he's hired a defense attorney. Which, of course, when you're the true victim of a crime, isn't that what you do? Isn't that the first thing you go and do is you, 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 uh, you hire a defense attorney for yourself? 
but he has a defense attorney now and he's been reluctant to speak with the police um for uh, i guess understandable reasons now before we go any further let's go back i think it would be profitable for us to go back and look at how our illustrious news media our courageous brave bold uh, First Amendment protecting, firefighting news media. Let's take a look at how they responded to this story. Let's remember, let's recall, because I know they want to shove it down the memory hole. They don't want us to remember. But let's remember how the media responded to this ridiculous story when Smollett first came out uh, with, with his claims. So here's a brief compilation uh, put together by Grabian, uh, Grabian, Grabian News, which gives us a little taste. Here it is. Beaten with a noose around his neck and hospitalized. Empire star Jesse Smollett was the victim of a vicious, racist, and homophobic attack. His attackers hurled racial and homophobic slurs. Two people yelled racist and homophobic slurs. Racial and homophobic slurs. Not only homophobia, we're talking about racism. We're talking about hate with steroids. They are looking for two suspects who were apparently wearing Make America Great Again hats. The offenders uttered, this is MAGA country. The hate crime went down early this morning in Chicago. Officials are investigating the alleged assault as a hate crime. And now police say they're investigating this as a possible hate crime. Anyone attacked in a hate crime like this is an outrage. This is, this is stomach-turning, mind boggling mm -hmm. information it's, it's out of control speaker of the house nancy pelosi tweeting the racist homophobic attack on jesse smollett is an affront to our humanity and senator cory booker said the vicious attack on actor jesse was an attempted modern day lynching kamala harris calling the attack an attempted modern day lynching but i'm so shaken by the story this is horrible to report this is a horrible story Ali, this is a horrible story yeah I mean, the circumstances wow. is just horrific. Horrendous and unacceptable. Absolutely despicable. Yeah, a lot of people can't believe this is actually happening in 2019. It's hard to believe that we're reporting, that we're even saying words like this in 2019. Mm -hmm. mm. And this is America in 2019. So you see, sometimes they, they bother to put alleged in front of the attack, sometimes not. Uh, but what you find is is just in general uncritical reporting of this uh, attack. There was there was from the media there was basically no skepticism. Now they're claiming that they were skeptical, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there was basically no skepticism. So so even you know I I know that legally uh, you can always cover yourself if if you just say alleged right, but. Uh, to uncritically report something like this, even if you put a legend in front of it, that's 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 not good enough because this story there, there was no evidence for it. It was obviously absurd, um, and so when you're reporting it, that should be part of your report. You should really be emphasizing. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a look, if this guy's at least a D-list celebrity, uh, he claims that this thing happened. So I'm not saying it's not news. But the news is that this is a really extraordinary claim that this guy is making, and there is no evidence for it. That, that's the news. That's, that's what, front and center, that's what you should be saying. And then if you really are, if you're a real journalist, actually looking to get to the story, you should then be going out on your own to investigate this and, and look into it and do some real investigative journalism. 
Um, but the media didn't do that. Let's also not forget the celebrities who rushed to Smollett's side, taking him completely at his word, using this supposed attack to score political points. The best example of this, or worst example, depending on how you look at it, is um, the actress Ellen Page, who was um, on Colbert's show. And she found a way, if you remember a week or two ago, she found a way to pin this supposed hate crime on Mike Pence. She she got to the bottom of it, okay? She did investigate, and she found out that it was Mike Pence is the one who did it, um, or at least is is responsible for surprise for for uh, uh, inspiring it. So here's here's Ellen Page. I'm like really fired up tonight. This but is how this is how you have to be fired. It feels up. impossible to you not feel to this way right now with yeah. the president and the vice president Mike Pence, who like wishes I couldn't be married. Let's just be clear. <laughs> The Vice President of America wishes I didn't have the love with my wife. He wanted to ban that in Indiana. He believes in conversion therapy. He has hurt LGBTQ people so badly as the government of Indiana. And I think the thing we need to know, and I hope my show Gaycation did this, in terms of connecting the dots, in terms of what happened the other day to Jesse, I don't know him personally. I, saw, I sent all of my love. Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people and you want to cause suffering to them, you go through the trouble. You spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is going to happen? Kids are going to be abused and they're going to kill themselves. And people are going to be beaten on the street. I have traveled the world and I have met the most marginalized people you could meet. I am lucky to have this time and the privilege to say this. This needs to stop. Okay. Uh, by the way, that's a really... Colbert's show is supposed to be a comedy show, right? R really hilarious segment there with um, with Ellen Page. Great, great comedy. Uh, okay, so what have we learned from all of this? Well, nothing, I guess. Whatever there is to learn from this situation, the rational among us already knew. And whoever did not know it probably is not capable intellectually of learning anything ever. But that fact aside... Um, I think there are some major lessons, and uh, so here are a few of them. Number one, and this is really important, there is nothing virtuous about simply believing a claim that somebody makes. So these days, whenever, whenever someone claims that they were the victim of sexual assault or a hate crime or what have you, um, and they come forward with their story, people, especially on the left, will solemnly declare, I believe you. I believe it. Yes, I believe. As if believing someone is, is some sort of moral obligation. Like it's, like it's some sort of moral act to believe a story that somebody is telling you. But it isn't. To believe, to believe someone is to think that what they're saying is true, right? That's what it means to believe someone. Somebody tells you something, someone comes and says, oh, it's raining outside. Either believe them or I don't. And if I believe them, it means that I believe that it's raining outside. 
that the 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 information they're conveying to me is true. That's what it means to believe someone, right? Um, to to believe that what they're saying is factually correct, not just morally correct, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, but factually correct. And we should believe that something is factually correct if there is good objective reason to believe it, such as evidence such as the general believability of whatever they're saying. Okay, that then we can believe them. So if somebody comes to me and says, it's raining outside, uh, and I know them to be a generally trustworthy person, then that's in that case, that's probably going to be enough for me to believe them because the claim that it's raining outside is not especially incredible. So if a, if a halfway credible person comes up to me and tells me that I'll probably believe them because it's it, it rains all the time so it's a perfectly believable story. Uh however, if somebody comes to me and says I was just assaulted at 2 a.m. um on my way back from subway by two guys in Chicago yelling uh this is maga country, two guys who happen to have a bottle of bleach and a noose in on, on hand. If somebody comes to me and tells me that um I'm going to need some some more evidence. I'm I'm going to need a really good reason to believe that because that is an extraordinary claim. That's a that's a, a claim that just um, seems to defy common sense for a whole bunch of reasons. So, if there's no good reason to believe what someone is saying, then well, if there's no good reason to believe it and there's no good reason to disbelieve it either then we should be neutral on it we we shouldn't believe it or disbelieve it it should just be it should be something we're just waiting for more information but if there's good reason to disbelieve it then we should disbelieve it so if it's an extraordinary claim and there's no evidence for it whatsoever um then that's that that's a good reason to disbelieve it that is a good reason to actively believe that what they're saying is not true Although, of course, it's it's a tentative judgment because they could produce evidence and then you'll change your assessment. But either way, this is the process for believing something. So this whole thing, it's, it's sort of an offshoot of, oh, I believe women, believe women. Well, no, I, why should we believe women? I don't believe women. I don't disbelieve women. I don't, it, it, it's, 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 it's got, the fact that they're women has nothing to do with it. I believe a woman if she tells me uh, if she if she makes a claim that is believable. I believe believable things that women tell me and I disbelieve unbelievable things that women tell me. Same for men. It, it makes no difference to me whatsoever what their gender is when they're telling me the story. It also makes no difference to me what race they are. Uh second thing and you know this. This is one of the major one of the major takeaways. We talked about this last week, but it it it, it, it needs to be emphasized again um, that this is what happens when victimhood is celebrated. We look. We live in a country, in a culture, where it is considered desirable to be a victim. And so, when when you create an environment like that, you're going to have people inventing victimhood stories. I mean, it's just going to happen. There's no way around it. Now. You know, consider the fact that there was a time in America, not that long ago, 
when a man a man would never pretend that he was beaten and defiled in the street. You know, there was a time in America when a man would never pretend that because he would be embarrassed. He would be humiliated by such a story. A man would have too much pride to go around inventing a story about how he was beat up. And I, can, I mean, I remember when I was a, a kid, it, it just, it, you would never, as a, as a kid in school, you would never pretend that you were beat up. If anything, it would go the other way, where if you were actually beat up, you would pretend you weren't because you have pride as a man and you don't want people to think that you were beat up. So um, when I was a kid, it, 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 you know, I got into fights a few times. If I was going to, to lie about it, I would lie in the other direction. I would try to make myself look better. I would try to make it seem less like I got beat up or like I lost the fight. I would try to, you know, that's, that's where the, the exaggeration would come on the other end of it to make me look like less of a victim. And that's, that's how it should be for men. And now you shouldn't lie either way. You shouldn't exaggerate. But uh, it, it, I think as men, if you're going to lie about something like that, it's much more natural and makes much more sense. And is, and I would even say is much healthier to lie in the other direction to make yourself seem like less of a victim. Um, so, you know what? It, it would make more, I still wouldn't believe it, but it would make more sense to me. I could understand it more if Jussie Smollett had made up a story about how he was walking down the street at 2 a.m. and two, um, and two MAGA ninjas with MAGA hats, jumped you know, from a rooftop and with nunchucks and tried to uh, and tried to assault him, but he you know he drop kicked them and did some kung fu moves and they all ran away. Right now, if Smollett had told that story, now that would be as believable as the story he did tell. But that would be a better story to make up because number one, it's more entertaining, and number two, it, I, at least I understand that you're trying to make yourself seem like a tough guy, and so. You're trying to get that sort of attention, where the attention where people think that you're tough and, and strong and all of that. So at least there's, I can sort of understand the motivation. But to make up a story that you were beat up, I, it just, it, not that there's anything shameful. I mean, people, people are jumped and beat up all the time, and it's, it, you, you, you shouldn't feel like you have to lie about that, and, and you shouldn't. And I'm not saying that there's, there is anything shameful about uh, about actually being a victim. I'm just saying that as men, I think the more natural masculine instinct is to not want to be a victim. Even when you are a victim, to wish that you weren't and to not want to go around telling everybody about it. But we have uh, we we've just completely flipped things on their head now. Where that is gone now, you know, and and now people they they see the status symbol not as being a tough guy, not as being a guy who wins the fight. Uh, now the status symbol is just being a put upon, degraded uh, victim. Third thing that we find from all this is that the left, which again, like I said, these are lessons that we already knew. So they're not really lessons, but the left has an utterly cartoonish idea of, of, um, of white men. I mean, just think about the last few months. Um, we, we start with Kavanaugh and the media and the left told us 
and believed that Kavanaugh, as a teenage boy, was a part of some sort of roving rape gang. And then we have the Covington Catholic student uh, debacle, where we're told that these that these teenage boys just randomly, a whole massive horde of them, just randomly for no reason accosted uh, a Native American, an elderly Native American gentleman who was just there playing his, his drums in, in peacefully. And then we're told about the two white guys prowling the streets of Chicago and so on. All of these stories are, as I said, unbelievable. But the reason why people on the left believe them is because they have such a cartoonish, exaggerated, demeaning, insulting um, idea of white men. This is how they see white men. Smollett, he made up this story. And he thought it was believable because this is how he sees white people. They, they, or, or especially, or I should say, this is how he sees white conservative men. And so when he was inventing the story, he thought, yeah, well, this is totally, this is what they do, right? This is how they are. And then related to this, the fourth thing, the, the media just cannot stop uh, beclowning itself. Journalists made fools of themselves again with this case, but don't for a minute think that there's going to be any accountability, okay? There's not going to be any honest self-assessment, so don't, don't imagine that. In fact, if you want to know how the media is going to rationalize its behavior on this story, um, well, we're already seeing, we're already seeing what, they're, what they're doing with it. So let's, let's look at this segment from um, Brian Stelter's show on CNN, and this is... Right now, we're getting an idea of of the media after being embarrassed on this. This gives us an idea of of how they're going to kind of get around it. So watch this. The narrative was set so early on that January day because TMZ first heard about this alleged attack. TMZ was the first to say they heard the MAGA country quote. It came from a source close to Jussie. So mm -hmm. immediately, this was a political fight. Right. Sure. Immediately, there were political stakes to this story. Uh, Liz, do you think that that distorted it? Right. I mean, the, the MAGA uh, quote, I remember reading about this story and looking yeah. for a real uh, reputable media outlet reporting on that, and I could not find one, right? The people who were rep repeating that quote were not news outlets, were not media outlets. It was repeated by, sure, people who maybe had good intentions of wanting to spread this story and had empathy for what they thought was, you know, a real story. But we can't confuse celebrity tweets <laughs> with the media and the press. And, you know... So you're saying actors and activists... Yes. ...who were rushing to his side yes. because they're friends with him and they support yeah. him and they're concerned about a possible hate crime... Of course, he's in the ...are not the same right? as Chicago yeah. reporters who were trying to find out what happened. Exactly. And, and okay, see, see, it, it wasn't the media. No, the media didn't do anything wrong. The media, it's not their fault. It was, uh, it, you, know, you know, it was celebrities. It was people on Twitter. No, the media didn't do it. And I should say something that, lo from what I've seen just online, local media in Chicago, they have been pretty good on, very good on this story, actually. They've been on top of it. Um, it seems it seemed to me that they were skeptical from the start. They've been trying to get to the bottom of it, really investigating the story, getting getting new information out there. So local media in Chicago has been good. But national media can't take credit for that. OK, that's got nothing to do with CNN. The national media disgraced itself as usual. You know, Trump yesterday uh, was went on Twitter and he tweeted a familiar slogan with him. He said, um, 
the rigged and corrupt media is the enemy of the people, in all caps. And he's, he's said this kind of thing a million times. But once again, journalists on Twitter um, took this tweet and they, they very somberly pointed to this to show how there's a war on the press and on the First Amendment and they are victims and so on. And uh, we need to appreciate them more because this, this, is, this is what they have to deal with. They're being persecuted. Well, here's, here's my suggestion for, for those in the media, for, for so-called journalists in the so-called news media. Rather than whining and feeling sorry for yourself when Trump calls you enemy of the people or fake news or corrupt or whatever, rather than whining and feeling sorry for yourself, maybe you folks in the news media should stop and consider why so many ag Americans agree wholeheartedly with Donald Trump. Why is it that so many people think that you really are the enemy? And that you are corrupt, and you are fake, and rigged. Okay, you can go pout in the corner and stomp your feet, and say this isn't fair. We do it, you know, pat yourselves on the back. And Hollywood can make another movie celebrating the the, the courage and heroism of journalists. That's fine. Or you could actually stop and assess and look in the mirror and say, how have we gotten to the point where so many people in this country hate us? Why does everyone hate us so much? It could be that all the people who hate you are just awful and horrible, and maybe that's it. Or maybe it's because you have earned this contempt over decades and decades. Do you ever consider that maybe people are just sick? of the propaganda and the slanted way that you present every story and how you hop on any opportunity to make certain people look bad? Do you ever think people are maybe just tired of that? Oh, no, that can't be it. No, no, no. Everyone is wrong. You're right. Everyone else is wrong. By the way, one other thing to mention on this before I move on, um, the, I think it just—it has to be emphasized. Not that this is even the main point, but this is this has got to be the dumbest race hoax in history by by Smollett. Just think about if you're if you're gonna do this, which I don't know why you would. Why I do know why he did it, as we've talked about, uh, because victimhood is is uh, profitable. But if you're if you're gonna do it. And and you're going to put all this thought into it to the point of allegedly, apparently paying people off. And it just seems like, man, you made a lot of really of really dumb mistakes. And the first mistake was to involve other people in it. So if you're going to make up a, a story about getting beat up um, in, a, in a hate crime, it's better to just invent the culprits out of thin air. Just invent imaginary people. Don't actually enlist real people in the 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 plot with you, because when you do that, and and eventually they're found, uh, and eventually they flip on you, which they will. Now there's going to be positive evidence that you lied. Whereas if the people just didn't exist, then there'd be no one for the police to find. And question and flip. 
And then, of course, the, the other big mistake was involving the police in the first place. See, he, here's the thing. Police are very good at detecting lies. Okay, police have very finely tuned BS detectors. This is what they do, especially when you're dealing with detectives. They detect. This is what they deal with liars every single day. This is what they do for a living. I guarantee you that the police, within five seconds, they knew that this was made up. I guarantee within five seconds they knew it. Of course, they, had, they still had to go through the process and do everything and investigate, and, and, and I'm sure they did all of that exactly as they should. But just their gut instinct, dealing with pathological liars every day, I guarantee they knew right away. So if you're going to make up a hate crime, just do everything you can to avoid involving the police. Once you do that, it's over, because they're, they're, they're not going to fall for it. Um, and then if you make really rookie mistakes like hanging on to your sandwich the whole time. Uh, it's just, you, you, you stand no chance. All right, one other, uh, let's see here. What else do I want to mention? Um, Colin Kaepernick. Okay, Colin Kaepernick had this collusion case that he was against the NFL, alleging that the NFL had colluded to uh, bar him from the league so that no teams would, uh, would would hire him or bring him on their squads. And he finally settled that case with the NFL and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I just want to mention that the reports indicate that his settlement with the NFL was in the 60 to $80 million range. So apparently he made between 60 and $80 million from the NFL. And you add that to the Nike contract that he got, which was, I don't know how much that was, tens of millions of dollars he's getting paid by Nike. I mean, being th this kind of relates back to what we talked about to begin with. Being a victim really pays in America. So you could tell why Smollett made this up. Because victimhood literally pays. Colin Kaepernick is put forward as some sort of martyr for some kind of great cause. Well, martyrdom has never been such a cushy gig, has it? Being a martyr now pays you tens of millions of dollars, not to mention all the fame and 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 uh, and admiration uh, that comes with it. It's just martyrdom ain't what it used to be, I guess is the point. All right, let's uh, let's get to some of your emails before we wrap up here. You can email the show, mattwalshshow at gmail.com. This is from Joshua. He says, hi, Matt. A couple of days ago, you touched on the theory of alien life existing out in the universe. And that left me with a couple of questions on how aliens fit into God's plan for the universe. If God did create aliens, do you think he placed us so far apart uh, so we don't interfere with each other's histories and that we are never meant to find them in the first place? Also, is it possible that they could have their own interpretation of the Trinity, Bible, and Christianity? Hi, Joshua. Yeah, I've, also th I've often thought the same thing. We talked about aliens uh, on Friday, one of my favorite subjects. Um. Maybe the vast distances are there for a reason because there's there's just we're not supposed to ever make contact. As for your second point, I certainly think that a race of hypothetical aliens could well have their own scripture. It must have their own sort of scripture. And it's likely they have nothing called Christianity um, as we know it. Although if they are rational creatures and God has revealed himself to them, then they can't have their own Trinity. Uh, the Trinity is the Trinity is the Trinity anywhere in the cosmos, anywhere in reality that you go. But thank you for the email. Uh, 
let's see here from Lance. He says, Matt, in regards to your discussion about aliens today, have you heard of Fermi's paradox? How does that weigh on your point? Hi, Lance. Yes, the uh, the Fermi paradox says that there are there are trillions of stars out there, um, many of them billions of years older than the sun, which means that if there are other worlds in the universe, other planets with with intelligent, rational life, then some of those civilizations should be billions of years ahead of us, and thus we should have already received a visit from from some of them. Um, the fact that we haven't maybe indicates that we're alone in the universe after all. Well, that is an interesting theory, but I have a couple of responses to that. Number one, who says that we haven't been visited, man? Haven't you ever seen that show, Ancient Aliens? Okay, aliens have been here. Aliens have done everything. They built the pyramids. They did. I mean, they've done. They've done everything. Um, it, according to that show, aliens were the primary architects on Earth for the first like ten thousand years of human civilization. So that's number one. Number two, um, more seriously. Keep in mind the distances that we're talking about here, okay? There are 5 trillion miles in a light year. The nearest star to ours is four light years away, so that's 20 trillion miles. The nearest galaxy to the Milky Way is the Andromeda galaxy, and it is 2 million light years away from Earth. So 2 million times 4 trillion miles. That's how far away it is. My point is that even if life is exceedingly rare in the universe, even so rare that there's only one life-bearing planet per galaxy, let's say. Let's say that life is that rare, where you have basically one, one planet with intelligent life per galaxy. Well, that would be very, very rare, but that would still mean that there are 100 billion planets with intelligent life because there are 100 billion galaxies. But the distances between them would be so vast I mean, 2 million light years, that means that even if you were going at the speed of light, which as far as we know is impossible, but even if we could do the impossible and go the speed of light, it would take 2 million years to get to the next galaxy. And there's no way that you would survive on a spaceship for 2 million years, even if it was some sort of generational spaceship um, where you had whole civiliz entire civilization living on a spaceship going to some distant galaxy. Well, still, 2 million years is a long time to survive. In those quarters. So it could just be, uh, it could just be that, that the distant, it's just impossible. That there's, there is no technology that exists or could ever exist anywhere in the universe that could traverse those distances. It's possible. Um, let's see, I had a bunch of other emails, but I'm running out of time. So let me... I had an email from Grace. Um, which with a really interesting question, she says, hi, Matt, I've been wanting to know your opinion about something. Um, sometimes I will hear Christian apologists argue the case for Christianity on the basis of near death experiences. They point to all the stories of people being medically dead and then experiencing a vision of Christ or of heaven. Do you think this is an effective argument? What is your position on NDEs, near death experiences? Grace, I think it's a very good question and something that really interests me a lot, and I've read a lot about it. So what I'm going to do, this is going to be a teaser. I'm going to save that question for tomorrow's show because I'm running out of time, and I want to give myself plenty of time to get into that. Um, so we'll hope, I'm going to hold that thought, and you'll have to tune in tomorrow for the answer. Nice little tease there. Cliffhanger ending. 
So we'll leave it there. Um, thanks everybody for watching. Godspeed. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, the Jussie Smollett hoax reaches its natural endpoint, President Trump's wall is still divisive, and Democrats celebrate losing jobs in New York City. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show.